Welcome back to the GMCF Podcast. It's an inside look at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. My name's Dave Lewis. I'm your host of the show and a Manhattan resident for over 30 years now. And what we're doing here with the GMCF Podcast is we're visiting with a number of folks that work in the nonprofit community. We get to know some of the people that are involved in the work they do. Of course, details about the jobs that they have and some of the events that uh, they put together to bring about a lot of wonderful things in our community. Today's subject is going to be a rather sensitive one for a lot of folks because today we're going to be talking about 9-11, Day of Remembrance. And this is an event that is scheduled for Manhattan City Park on the Larry Norville Band Shell. And this is coming up on September 10th. And we have three guests in the GMCF studios today. We have Lori Bishop, who is the executive director of the Flint Hills Volunteer Center. Lori, good to have you here. Ronnie Grice, Kansas State University Chief of Police. And also we have Deb Abner here, who uh, at the time was with the Salvation Army. That is right. 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, 27 years in it. 27 years? 27 years. And you're retired now. And I retired. And we're all jealous. (laughs) (laughs) We're all really, really jealous of of you today. So, Deb, you got that on all of us here. Thank you. So, so Lori, let's talk a little bit about a day of remembrance. This is a special event that got its start a few years ago. And uh, last year, nothing started. Yeah. But this is a, a very special event, especially with coinciding with the 20th anniversary of that fateful day, September 11th of 2001. This is, I think, our fourth year that we did this. Unfortunately, we had to cancel last year, and I was really disappointed because we had a, a great event planned. But we have a, a awesome guest speaker coming, retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert Darling. Robert was actually at the White House uh, and was called to the bunker. So he was uh, in the bunker for 24 hours uh, the night that this all happened, working with the president and, and all these different people. He actually wrote a book called 24 Hours in the Bunker. So he has agreed to come back again this year for us. We're super excited uh, to have him. He's going to have a lot of history to share with us. And so the reason this got started is uh, a few years ago, we are funded federally by the Corporation for National Community Service, who now is called uh, AmeriCorps. Our RSVP program, which we've been around for 47 years now, we are now called AmeriCorps Seniors. And the purpose of all of this is to do national service and recognize national service days. And this one was always one that I always had in the back of my head that I wanted to do so that we can recognize all of those. And so we started this out the first year and then it's just gradually growing. This year, we wanted to make it a family-friendly evening. As as you know, high school kids, a lot of college kids weren't born during this time. And and it was such a part of history that we cannot not remember you know so we're we're trying to bring this out so we've created several activities to do that day and do that beginning with we're doing an honoring our heroes breakfast uh, that will take place the morning of September 10th Uh, that's an invitation only event to our elected officials our special guests our first responders Fort Riley uh, just so we can honor some of those and and he will speak we have a special guest that we've invited from my AmeriCorps program and we're really hopeful that she will be in attendance with us 
she is an Iraq War veteran as well. And then we got some events planned for Lieutenant Colonel Darling to do with Fort Riley uh, that afternoon. But I'm really excited about the evening event. Uh, we've got several things planned beginning at five o'clock. We've got um, food trucks. Everybody, all the kids will be excited here. We do have cotton candy coming for <laughs> this event. Our student volunteers are making painting rocks, and these will be all around City Park, and they will have the opportunity to go find these special rocks. And we'll have one that will be a special rock that if found and taken to the Flint Hills Veterans Coalition table will receive a prize. And so we're doing that. We've got activities. We've got some really cool tattoos, uh, face painting, a lot of kids activities, a lot of things in, involved with that. So uh, there will be a lot of exciting things going on that, that evening too. And so we'll conclude with a ceremony starting around 7 o'clock where Lieutenant Colonel Darling will speak. Uh, we'll have some special guests in attendance. But we're also going to recognize our health care workers. You know, they were a part of that back then and everything going on with COVID. We really want to recognize what's been going on here with our healthcare workers. And so we'll do that. We have a really great video we'll show and conclude with a, a candlelight vigil. So a lot of great activities planned. How did you get a man of Lieutenant Colonel Darling's stature to come to Manhattan, Kansas <laughs> well, to speak at your event. I reached out. I did some <laughs> Googling to see who, you know, some speakers are with 9-11, and he popped up, and I, I read reviews, so I contacted him and reached out to him. He was going to come two years ago, but he couldn't, so he recommended our speaker we had at, at that time, Chuck Banks, uh, was here that evening, but he's always wanted to come here. He's been to Manhattan a few times, he said, so he's, he's just super excited. He loves the the Manhattan area. He really wants to be a part of uh, with what's going on at Fort Riley. He's actually shipping me 250 books that he has signed, and we're selling those. I Don't quote me. I think they're about $20, I think you're doing, or that he's doing. And so I've heard several people have read them already, and it's a really good book. So uh, we'll have those available. And if you get a chance uh, at any of these events, he'll be available that he can write a message to that person too. So. Okay. And once again, this is on the 10th, which is the Friday night, September <laughs> 10th. Mm -hmm. It is called 9-11 Day of Remembrance. Correct. Okay, just want to avoid any confusion because, you know, we've got a K-State football game. That's the home opening game that day. And, yeah. And Ronnie Grice is going to be obviously a little preoccupied with that <laughs> so he can be here on Friday night to be a part of this. And Ronnie is the chief of police at Kansas State University. And, you know, when you take into consideration the law enforcement perspective, it's such a brotherhood. And thinking back of what that day was like and how many emergency responders, police, fire, and, and uh, so many EMTs, that was a difficult time for anybody to really digest what had actually happened. What was it like for you to see and read and hear some of these news events of the day? Uh, it was touching um, that particular day. I, I remember it well, and I tell anybody, uh, we had a meeting at the fire station. And as usual, my wife sent me a text about what was going on, and we actually broke up the meeting and actually saw the second plane when it hit. But it was the aftermath of all of the events of the loss of life of first responders who were there for days uh, just trying to do their job, just trying to serve uh, the people of the uh, great city of New York. And even to this day, even those 20 years later, we're still losing 
uh, first responders to some health issues or whatever was going on. So it was very touching. And even while this was going on, there was a national police chief conference in Orlando. Luckily, for some reason, I didn't attend. Every police chief there had to rent a car and drive back to their jurisdiction because all of the airspace was closed. So that just goes to show how those chiefs was willing to do anything to get back to their jurisdiction because of what had happened. And uh, just uh, to honor all of the individuals that we lost that day and the total community, uh, it was amazing. That's why they call it 9-11 Remembrance because we are still suffering the impact from the events of that day and probably will for a long time. I tell anyone when you see a first responder, give them a pat on the shoulder and just tell them thank you for your service. That's true. Chief Grice, I believe you spoke at the first 9-11 service that, that we had. Yes, I did. What did you utilize as information and what did you share that day? I shared that day. It started with the events of that morning and a meeting, but uh, I knew that I had to get back to campus because I knew we have a large uh, international student population from Saudi Arabia and those different areas. And we was more concerned about what impact that would have on the student population. So when I got back to campus, there were several meetings uh, with those different organizations to assure them of their safety, along with a representative of RCPD, uh, Raleigh County Police Department. And um, there was meetings all afternoon, uh, both with the president, uh, vice president for student affairs, and the different organizations to assure that we were there for the safety, not only of the campus, but for our student population. And that was pretty much the afternoon. Uh, we even had a uh, meeting uh, at the local mosque just to go in and assure them of their safety. So it was a fun-filled, busy afternoon after the events that happened on the East Coast. I remember the day very quite well also. Uh, I was live on the air singing the second plane hit and trying to provide comment on the air while I was watching it on CNN at the yeah. time where everybody was tuned in. You know, we heard yeah. about this yeah. this small plane that flew into into the yeah. first tower and then when that second plane struck, I think, you know, collectively the entire world yeah. that was watching just lost their breath. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know that I have ever been in such a state of bewilderment over one event like we all shared yeah. that day. And mm -hmm. and this was something that you know, we were troubled. We were scared. We did not know yeah. what was going to happen next. Oh, it's, it, it just changed the dynamic in, in our community. It's like it it just went silent. It, it was just the reaction. I remember how it was with me with, with our RACP program. And, and that's what I like w within our program is like we have so many of those uh, AmeriCorps seniors who are retired military, retired law enforcement, medical, and, and they're going to be a part of our evening too. And I, I really like what we'll do in the evening is we're going to have those retired volunteers leading the uh, walk of, of gratitude with our uh, police, fire, uh, EMS, Fort Riley. So all of those in uniform that night will will lead off with a little march to, to where they'll be sitting. But this year is going to be, it's the 20th, but I'm so blessed that we're going to have uh, Lieutenant Carl Colonel Darling with us, but we'll also have K-State President uh, General Myers with us as well. He was in the Pentagon when, when this happened. So here you have one speaker that's in uh, was in the White House and the other was at the Pentagon, and both will be here sharing. Oh. 
inspiring cool. experiences. So it's just something we hope everyone comes out and, and honors and, and, re- and remembers that. We're talking about 9-11 Day of Remembrance here on today's edition of the GMCF podcast. The GMCF podcast is uh, designed to educate you on the efforts and the goals of the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation as well as the nonprofit community here throughout much of the Manhattan area and our partner affiliate communities. And we invite you to subscribe to the GMCF podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Spotify or Amazon or Apple, and uh, keep up to date on the great things that are happening in Manhattan. And one of those great things that we're talking about is a special event that's coming up September 10th, 9-11, a day of remembrance. And our next guest is Deb Abner, who was with Salvation Army. Deb, you said 27 years? 27 years, yeah. And you happened to be smack dab in the middle of it 20 years ago on 9-11. That is correct, and never in my wildest dreams, even after being with the Salvation Army Emergency Disaster Services as a disaster coordinator, did I ever imagine that I would be at the foot of the South Tower in what was known as the pit, in a small tent um, as an emotional and spiritual care chaplain to the men and women that worked endlessly in the pit every day. Is that something that you had been trained to do? No, you can't be trained for it. You uh, go into it, and you are there to witness it more than participate in it. As an emotional and spiritual care chaplain, what I immediately saw were men and women that needed to cry. I worked in uh, what was called FEMA's temporary morgue tent, and it was where all the body body parts were uh, brought um, before they went on to their um, to their next place. You know, you you don't forget those things, and you pray for the people. I I still remember thinking of the people who were suffering, waiting to know that their loved one had been found. And I was one of the first people that got to see that. But the men and women that would bring uh, the bodies and would carry the bodies did it so respectfully. And I must say that the entire site while I was there, and I got there October the 4th, and I was there for 10 days. Um, While I was there, it was just the most holy place, and the people were just so ready to come and rest and tell you what they had been through, but what they had been through was just honoring those people that they were driven to find hour after hour. And I wish I had more time because the respectfulness that I saw there, the holiness that I saw there was something that I know I will never see again. We were, um, we were standing on holy ground because the very Um, soot that was in the air. We were all covered with white ash still in October, and we were wearing gas masks and hats, Um, but any exposed place was covered with white dust. The tears in people's eyes would encrust on their faces, in the corners of their eyes, 
um, noses that ran, you know, we, we all looked the same and we weren't embarrassed of it because again, we, everybody there was just in unison that this was holy, quiet ground and we all respected it. Who provides the emotional support for the emotional support people? We have trainers um, all the way from the top, FEMA, down to all of the agencies. Uh, but the Salvation Army is particularly honored to carry the emotional and spiritual care um, umbrella. That's what we do. And I was considered an emotional and spiritual care specialist. I was a chaplain. And... Um, I, I had a lot of training, I can say that, but again, the training, uh, what you read on, in paper form is nothing like what you see, and what happens when you see what you've read on paper is that the emotional aspect of it is what carries you through it because you react to that person in front of you. You honor that person who is struggling and and down in the pit, and then they come to you, you honor them with your presence. And there's a, a saying that we used in the Salvation Army for emotional and spiritual care, and that was we, we offered the ministry of presence. It's not so much about telling them what they needed to do, because all we wanted to do was to give them a safe place to come and to have their tears and to share their pain and what they were going through. Because I think one of the things that we forget about Ground Zero and the first responders is that emotional impact that it had on them. They weren't just there with rakes and 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 claws trying to find something. Um, they were there as human beings with human emotions that were raw. And they were working such long hours. They'd get there early in the morning. They'd leave at night. Their families were already in bed when they'd get home. And when they'd get up in the morning, they were already gone. And, you know, that was their life. And we were just there to be present with them, to give them a temporary family, if you will. Did you journal any of this? Have you written down any of your memories? I have. I have, but I I haven't done enough of it. I've had a lot of people say, you should write a book, and I really haven't written it. It's all very internalized, even hard to speak about, harder than I would imagine. But I do have a lot of very emotional stories. I have funny stories. But but I have vivid memories of, of all of the people and places and things. Deb, you retired with the Salvation Army, um, from the Salvation Army after 27 years. Yes. You have Manhattan connections, and you have since retired and, and, and now live here, correct? That is correct. Uh-huh. We live at the lake. And how have you been involved in 9-11 Day of Remembrance? Yes, a couple years ago, uh, Lori invited me to share in some of the planning for for that particular remembrance. And um, after it was over, she asked me to be on a committee for the board and for this for last year, and it didn't happen. So she honored me by asking again this year. Thank you for sharing your stories. And there are more stories 
stories. I know we may have to revisit uh, this subject with you at another time. Thank you. Uh, somewhere I would down love the road. To share. You know, Dave, when she mentioned about seeing the look in everyone's eyes, when we put together the video that we were showing of, of 9-11, that's what I kept seeing in the video that we did. It, it really shows a good example of what Deb was describing. Let's circle back to the events of 9-11 Day of Remembrance, mm-hmm. which is coming up Friday, September 10th at Manhattan City mm-hmm. Park. We're very excited to have uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert Darling joining us. Uh, He's from the Washington, D.C. area. He was actually in the White House uh, in the bunker uh, the night this happened with the president. I believe Condoleezza Rice and different ones that that were discussing what the next step is and how we're going to respond to the attacks that that happened. We want people to to come. We want people to hear him and hear that story and, and be a part of remembering what happened 20 years ago. But we'll have food trucks uh, beginning at five o'clock activities for kids uh, they can go and find rocks that have been hidden all over city park we have face painting we have tattoos uh, lots of activities uh, for kids uh, we'll have first responder vehicles there our big wall of gratitude uh, we've we've cleared that and have a whole new one ready for everybody to come and write their messages of support to our first responders or in remembrance of uh, things so we'll recognize our health care workers uh, that evening a lot of those. Uh, so it's going to be a, a just a, a really amazing evening. And, and I do want to give a shout out to the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Uh, they're, they're our major sponsor uh, for this event. We couldn't do it without them. Well, Chief Ronnie Grice, you had made mention earlier in the program about saying thank you to our law enforcement and emergency responders. I can't reach clear across the table and pat you on the back. But thank you, and, and I'm going to be thanking you as a representative of all those law enforcement. And one of the things we didn't talk about is that you've been on the board and current vice president of the, the Flint Hills Volunteer Center, and it brings back an awful lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yes, it does. It really does. Uh, I don't know how I let Lori talk me into this, but she figured I was the best person <laughs> for it. And uh, she's just been a great person to work with, not only as a board member, but just as a good friend and uh, trying to pull all of this together uh, for that Friday and she's been so busy talking about Friday she hadn't said anything about the activities of Saturday. This year we're fortunate enough we uh, we got Gene Teller and the athletic department involved and uh, on game day we're going to actually have a tailgate tent in Cat Town to honor first responders. Now, that's law enforcement, wow. EMS. Uh, also uh, we're inviting uh, the health care professionals that you know because they've had a big role to play the last 12 to 14 months of trying to administer vaccinations and get everybody healthy so that we can sit across the table and look at each other without a mask. And I'm sure that there will probably be some sort of pregame or halftime salute. Yes, uh, they will be doing something on uh, the Jumbotron. I don't know if it's going to be pregame or halftime, but uh, Gene, uh, they have made a firm commitment that they will honor uh, that day also. It's going to be an exciting time uh, for everyone just to share in this. And uh, like I said, 20 years ago, that's a lot of kids that weren't even born. Mm -hmm. And I know my kids was young, and we still talk about it now. And the impact that it had in in 41 years of law enforcement, I never thought that I would ever have to experience what I did 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And Deb Abner, speaking of uh, never uh, thinking of having to experience what you experienced working with the Salvation Army, can't imagine what that must have been like. 
You know, looking back on it, I I can't believe that I was there, uh, but I know I was there because I have all of the memories, and I. But I feel like you. Someone just, put you there for a reason. Mm-hmm. I I have known that since the first step I put into that holy desk that we walked on. And that concludes the GMCF podcast. Thanks to Lori Bishop of the Flint Hills Volunteer Center, and thanks also to the AmeriCorps um, Center for the work that they do because uh, they've been very involved in this particular event coming up September 10th, 9-11 Day of Remembrance. Kansas State University Chief of Police Ronnie Grice and Deb Abner retired from Salvation Army joining us here on the GMCF Podcast. We invite you to subscribe to the GMCF Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be on Apple or Amazon or Spotify, and uh, keep up to date on the great things that are happening, not only in Manhattan, but also throughout our affiliate communities that work through the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. The GMCF podcast is funded by the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, which you can always find out more about them at mcfks.org and in their new location on the second level of the Colony Square building at 555 Points Avenue in downtown Manhattan. I'm Dave Lewis. Thanks for joining us for the GMCF Podcast.